Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Lynx at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Lynx at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River, and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Lynx at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to lynxatpennhills.com. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy Monday once again. Hope everyone had a great weekend and welcome to episode 21 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Oklahoma as Kalina Downing of the Top Gun 16U National Team takes home the weekly honor. Kalina hit 400 last weekend at the Top Gun Select Invitational in Creekside, Missouri, with two home runs, two doubles, five runs scored, and 10 RBIs. Great job, Kalina, and best of luck the rest of the season. Now on to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Brian Urquhart. Brian has played all over North and South America with stints in Massachusetts, Venezuela, Manitoba, Virginia, Ontario, Michigan, and of course at home in Nova Scotia with Halifax, Brookfield, and his hometown East Hans Mastodons. We're going to talk to Erky about getting a start in the game in his hometown of Lance, attending the 97 Canada Games in Brandon, Manitoba, his stories from ISCs and senior nationals over the years, as well as a fantastic story about coming home from Venezuela that you're definitely going to want to hear. Erky also tells us about leaving the game to focus on his job with the Halifax Mooseheads of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, where he is now the team president. This was an awesome interview, and it was great to catch up with our former teammate and good friend. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Gumbo, what's going on, buddy? Dick, what's up, brother? Oh man, it's we're, we're in November. Yeah, it's yeah. getting a little bit chilly out. Yeah. Uh, golfed this week already, and it was uh, two. It felt like minus six. Uh, I'm done golf for the. Rest yeah, I was going to say like yeah, fuck but, that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I played in the Ironman last year. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I'll do this again. Yeah, it's pretty fun though. We get pretty full with you know drinking and stuff, so yeah. you don't really feel the cold after a while. But it was a good time. It was yeah. good fun. Yeah. So uh, anything? Uh, what's what's on the go as far as you know? Coming, coming in the new year? Uh, well, we actually have commitment from the U16, U19, U23, and the senior team uh, to attend the Dome, uh, which is in Lance, of course, which mm-hmm. you know, uh, from one to three on Sundays. So we'll be working on hitting and the pitchers will pitch and what have you. So right yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Just kind of get back into the swing of things. Yeah, we have another sure. month to go before we get there. Yeah, no pun intended there, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got the we we got a good one today. Yeah, uh, Brian Urquhart, Lance man. native, big Urky. Yeah, we got uh, we have some history with Urky. It's uh, yeah, we sure do. We have some. We'll 
tell some really good stories. And I know uh, with his sense of humor, it's, it's going to be a, a pretty funny episode. I Absolutely. Think. I, I, so, I sure hope he talks about his red satin jersey in 2010. <laughs> with the Brookfield Elks. That's one of the big ones for me. But yeah, of course, well, 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 we'll bring it up. Oh, yeah, we have to. Anyway. He may talk about it anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, let's get to him then. All right, man. All right. Erky, thanks for coming on the podcast, buddy. Thanks, guys. How's it going? Good, man. How, how are you, Jen, and the kids making out? Good. Good. Just uh, surviving COVID like everybody else. Yeah. 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 So. The, uh, you guys are finally underway. Your season with the Mooseheads are underway. Yeah. Yeah, we're a few games in now. We've had five home games. So, um, yeah, so things are going well. It's a little different than your typical uh, Moosehead game experience, but we feel... Uh, Needless to say, we feel pretty uh, pretty fortunate, uh, both our fans and our players, to be able to play and watch hockey. So, um, you know, we're going to kind of obviously, you know, take advantage of, you know, the good job that the, you know, Atlantic provinces have done, and hopefully we can uh, continue to play hockey. Oh, yeah, that's good. What are the numbers at for fan-wise? Like, what are, what are you lauded now? Yeah, we're 1,900 a game. Okay. So, um, you know, which is obviously 1900 and a, a lot of junior hockey teams are able to have. So we feel fortunate with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, typically we're, you know, it's a building that holds ten five nine five, and, and, you know, we average 7,000 plus. So obviously it's a little bit of a, little bit of a change, needless yeah. to say, yeah. but, uh, but again, fortunate to be able to be in this position. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll touch on the moose heads a little bit later. Yeah, sure. Um, so tell us about uh, getting your start in the game with the in in the East Hans Minor Ball Association. Yeah, I uh, you know what, like a lot of uh, as you guys know, um, being being from uh, from Brookfield and from East Hans, I kind of I grew up. You know, you played hockey in the in the winter and ball in the summer. So um, you know, I was fortunate. My dad took me to a lot of games when I was younger. Um, kind of grew up at the ball field. Um, and then got into ball, um, when I was about, I guess, six or seven. Um, and, uh, Jamie Wentworth, uh, was one of my first coaches, I guess, Peter Ashley being my first coach in Lance. Um, and, uh, yeah, just started there. Um, started out kind of playing infield and then, um, Jamie quickly realized probably that I couldn't hit. So he <laughs> told me to, uh, asked me if I wanted to start pitching and, you know, um, with Peter Ashley being obviously a good pitcher back in the day when we were growing up, I yeah. had, uh, fortunate to have two good coaches that worked with me. Um, as you guys remember, you kind of played host league and then you played rep ball as yeah. well. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I got good coaching on both sides and obviously had a dad that loved the game and he provided, uh, up to a certain age, he provided a, a good catcher. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, until I hit him in the face. But other than that, uh, he was, uh, yeah. So I had some, I was fortunate to have some influences early in the game and kind of grew up loving the game, much like you guys. And, yeah. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. It's funny you said about hitting your dad. I, I come across an article that you did with Lyle Carter back when we were with the Elks, and uh, you mentioned about. Uh, throwing to Corey, your brother, and until you corked him in the temple, <laughs> and, and that was yeah. it for him. <laughs> yeah, no, I used to, uh, I used to build like uh, anybody that knows me knows that I'm uh, not very capable with a hammer and nail. Um, <laughs> I used to like build like almost pretend batters that I could throw to. Oh, yeah. Sounds ridiculous, no, but so you can kind of get used to throwing in and out on yeah. batters and whatnot. 
and then that got kind of boring. So I wanted my brother to stand in there. So, um, <laughs> once you hit your, your brother in the head and my brother had, uh, a much more, uh, blossoming hockey career than, than, uh, than I did. So dad wouldn't let me do that. So I was showing to dad, but yeah, one time I, I, I was able to, uh, I think it was Peewee or Bantam, one of the last, well, it was the last time dad caught me. Hmm. Um, I hit him square in the face and split his chin open. So that was, uh, that was the end of it, but he insisted yeah. on driving himself to the doctor. So that was good. So, uh, yeah. Scotty let on like it didn't even hurt. Yeah, no, it didn't, didn't hurt him, but dad, I can see the bones coming out of your chin, but you're all right. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you guys had some, uh, you guys had some success in Bantam, didn't you? Yeah. You know what? Uh, again, with East pants, like we were, it was a little hotbed of softball. As you guys know, um, mm much like Brookfield and, and Anaganish at that time was, um, a hot spot as well within the province. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had some really good teams. Like I said, I think a lot of credit goes to, um, of course the players, we had some good players, but, uh, the coaching, right. We mm-hmm. had, uh, you know, it was Jamie, Jamie Wentworth. Um, you know, I had Jimmy Frazier and Dale Verge over the years, um, the whole way up. So, you know, and they were, uh, they were great coaches. It was the same group of kids that kind of played the whole way up. And, uh, you know, obviously the more you play together, the, the tighter team you become. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We were fortunate to win some Peewee and Bantam Eastern Canadians. So that was a, that was a big deal for us. That was, as you guys know, that was nationals kind of back then Mm -hmm. in our eyes. So, um, yeah, so no, it was, uh, you know, winning was fun. So, um, you know, that kind of kept us in the game. And, uh, like I said, some great coaching did. Yeah. yeah, we I I was telling Gumby before we come on about the in '96 that would have been when uh, we went to nationals in Prince Albert there when I joined Brooks and I got picked yep. up by you guys. But I was telling yep. I was telling the Gumby about the that season we had the Brookfield midget team and you guys East Hanson and we also had the high school ball. I said uh, we had four games where you and I went head to head and we and it was one nothing one nothing ball games. And yeah. I think two for you, two for him. Yeah. You got, you won two and I won two. And then the only hits you, most of the hits were I hit off you and you hit off me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Framer, Framer, you were the only pitcher I could ever hit. That's so like, I don't know if that's something that, that's uh, not fucking good. <laughs> that's, I don't know if that's something you should be proud of or not, but, uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, no. And, and, uh, maybe, maybe likewise, but yeah, you always, uh, you always seem to hit me well, like yeah. like a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I had a little bit more than you. But uh, yeah. do you remember that midget nationals in Prince Albert? Uh, that was, was that your first national experience? Um. I want to say yes. I think, My memory's horrible, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. I think uh, you were you were sixteen years old then. Cause yeah, ninety seven. Yeah, because yeah, ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> if you can remember back, like what, do you, what was it like to, you know, to be the youngest guy in that team and, you know, you were our number one guy. Can you remember that? Yeah, I remember a bit about it. I remember that was the longest flight I've ever took oh, at that point I know. because it was in, it was in Prince Albert. So, um, you know, I wasn't a, a kid that traveled much up until that point. Like mm-hmm. I was, uh, obviously a country bumpkin and didn't, uh, you know, wasn't flying all over the place, but, um, I remember that. And you know what? The odd thing I remember is connected to 97. And you'll remember this with the Canada games. I remember we, the Newfoundland Canada games was in that. They put their team in that national tournament. Oh, and yeah. I remember we beat them there. 
And then, uh, well, I'm sure we'll probably get into it, but I got uh, smacked around against them in the uh, in the Canada game. So that's kind of a sort of a bittersweet memory uh, <laughs> of that tournament. <laughs> Threw a great game against them in in Nationals in '96, and then they uh, they got ultimate payback the next year in Brandon. Yeah, do you remember that? Remember that home run the guy hit off me in Prince Albert that went over the lights. <laughs> No, you know what? You never, you rarely gave up home runs, so I should probably remember that. Oh, yeah. come on, man. There's so many of them. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's funny, Jeff Frazier brought it up this season about uh, that home He's like, Framer, do you remember that guy that hit the home run and Prince Albert off you know, over the lights? I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I always used to say, right, if you're going to give them up, give them up long. Yeah, give exactly. the fans what they want to see, right? Yeah, Something exactly. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, on the final, the, the, Next season, '97 Canada Games year. Uh, first off, how, how did you how did it feel to be named to the team? You know what? That was like a it was an honor, and that was a that was a goal of of mine. Probably like it was your Kramer. Mm. Like when we were uh, when we were growing up, that was kind of the ultimate for fast pitch to be able to go to the Canada Games. You know, I grew up watching the. I know you had Musi on. I grew up watching that team in '93. Obviously, I was I was close with Rob and Eisner, um, so I grew up watching watching that team and it was a goal if it wasn't a goal um by 93 it was shortly after i watched that so um you know that was a huge honor and it was something um you know i kind of put a lot of stock in i remember i i quit i quit hockey at that time i was not a good hockey player by any stretch but it was it was kind of illustrative of my dedication towards you know putting all the eggs in the canada games basket Mm -hmm. so um, you know, and ironically enough, we, we still laugh. Like I kind of quit hockey when I was one of the smaller players on the team. And when I eventually came back and played a bit of high school, I was the biggest guy on the team. And yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a different game. Let me tell you when you're, uh, when you're the biggest player. So it was, um, yeah, but it was, it was a personal goal certainly to make that team. And it was a huge honor. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of great memories as I'm sure you do from that year. Yeah. We, we, we played a lot of ball that year. Do you remember? We uh, you beaten the Keiths down in St. Croix that time. I, I can remember that plain as day because I think it might have been a two nothing game, and it was in the tournament. And I remember it was the seventh inning, and Tommy told me to go out and warm up, and I was thinking, "Oh man, are he." I can't get into this game because <laughs> I'm going to blow this. So, and, but I can, I can still remember warming up down the line when you got the final out and I was like, Holy shit, we just beat the keys yeah, and we're cool. a Canada game team. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I remember that game. That was a big one. Cause again, like, like I said, I was, a, I was a ball, uh, a ball rat. I grew up around the field. I knew all the keys, uh, grew up yeah. watching them, mm. you know, I'd watch, I watch the games and then, you know, be playing catch with other kids that were watching the games you know, after the third inning, because I wanted to play so bad. So yeah. it was, uh, you know, that was a big honor to, to, uh, to beat them probably meant a lot more needless to say to us than it did to them. Yeah. But it was yeah. Uh, certainly a cool moment for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what, what was your take on the Canada games? How, how was that experience for you? You know what? It was kind of, it was, it was awesome. I mean, you look back and a lot of great memories. I mean, we had, um, we had a great round robin, um, I remember, I think we went, you know, Framer, you probably have a better memory than me, but we went three and oh, yeah. um, and I think then we played, uh, you know, we had to win one win, get one win to, to, uh, win a medal. And it was against Newfoundland. And I remember starting and, uh, yeah, just one of those games where 
I just kind of got peppered and I think they beat us seven, nothing in five innings. Um, you know, I had fonder memories. I believe we beat BC the first game, which was a big deal. Mm. Um, you know, I think that was the very first game and I knew we were in a tough division. Um, so to come out of it, we were feeling pretty good. And then, uh, the noose put us in our place, uh, pretty quick yeah. as, as they have done to a lot of teams obviously <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. over the years so no it was uh you know but it was good overall and then i think saskatchewan i believe beat us the next game but um yeah. you know you look back you try to take some things and learn some things from those experiences and uh, try to get better from the moving forward but it was an awesome experience i mean the heaven the late tom Dusat as a coach um you know was you know him and him and jamie were a great kind of yin and yang I thought like from a that's, coaching perspective. Yeah. That's exactly what they were. You hit it yeah. nail right in the head there that yin, yeah, yin, yang, so, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of cool. I mean, I, I was fortunate, like I said, I'm sure his name will come up a few times. Like I had Jamie the, the whole way up pretty mm-hmm. much through my career. And he was, um, you know, a big, uh, certainly one of the big influences on, uh, on my ball career. Yeah. Funny. That first game against BC, do you remember getting called for illegal pitches? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. And I got the, it's funny. I did listen to Musi on there and that was something we both kind of dealt with. I don't think I dealt with maybe to the level that he did, but I definitely had my experience of having the mm. illegal pitches called on me for sure. Well, I remember that. I remember when you were getting called in that first game and I was thinking, how the hell am I going to throw in the Canada yeah. games? If you're getting, <laughs> if you're getting rung up, like, holy fray. But, uh, now that, like I said, that was, that was by far like one of my biggest experience for, for fast pitches kind of games. Cause I mean, you know, it's a, let me guess Randy in the 2009 game against the river. Oh yeah. That one too. <laughs> <For fuck's sake. laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. so in, what did you do in 98 the, f- the following year? So 98, what did I do in 98? Um, that one, I think, you know what? I think my memory is horrible, but I think I went to another nationals. Would I have been midget still? Yeah. I'm asking you guys questions about me, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but, you, yeah, you um, would have been. I think it was in Stittsville, but I may be wrong. It's kind of like a black hole in the uh, in, in the timeline here. <laughs> yeah, but, no. uh, I think I went to Stittsville for a nationals. Um, but uh, and then the following year, I. Uh, joined up, I guess, with your co-host there and played with, with East Pants. So, um, and that kind of, after that, it was kind of senior from then on out. I didn't play any junior ball, so mm. it was uh, a little bit of, a little bit of a regret, I guess, but there wasn't a great, um, there wasn't a great deal of it, to be honest, no, from what I remember. Right. Um, and uh, as you guys know, and as you still know, and then, like, it's not cheap to go to nationals. No. So, um, you know, you're trying to raise money every year and I can understand that's a, a lot of, uh, a lot of effort, not just obviously on the parents more, or obviously on the players, but more so on the parents, mm. um, that we're trying to get these kids all over the place. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So 99, I, uh, got into the seniors and it kind of took off from there. Yeah. 99, you started traveling to, on um, weekends to Saugus, Massachusetts. H- how did that all come about? <laughs> um, that was through Mark Smith. Um, he had uh, he had contacted me. Um, somebody contacted him from Saugus looking for a young guy to move down there in the summer. Mm. Um, and at first, I was still in grade 12. So I flew down a couple weekends to play. Um, and a bit of an eye-opener, obviously. Like, I had never... Uh, I don't even know if I had been to the state at that point, to be honest. 
Um, I'm trying to think, well, yeah, no, I hadn't, I don't think. So wow. just going down there and playing with men, um, you know, it was a good experience. I only went down, um, I think two times and then, uh, just stuck around obviously and played with the Mastodons. I mean, honestly, the ball was pretty good down there, but it was just as good at home at, mm. that, at that time, certainly. And there was a lot of Gumby noses, a lot of good teams. So, um, and I don't know how keen my parents were me in grade 12 flying to, to Boston every weekend, as cool as it sounds, <laughs> it's a uh, little, maybe a little aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the, the Mastons there, what, you attend your first senior Nats with them. What, what do you remember about that experience? Um, you know what? It was, it was an eye. It was just really cool. Cause we had played like, as you guys know, um, I was close with Brian and Robin growing up. Like they were a huge part of my, uh, part of my development, Ryan and Robin Eisner, pitcher and catcher for, I guess your listeners that don't know, I'm sure they've been mentioned a few times on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah. they worked, uh, yeah, they worked with, with me the whole way up. So getting to play with them was really cool. Um, um you know, tall lanky shortstop we had was a pretty good player too. Full head um, of hair. I had a full head of hair yeah. too. Awesome. Full head of hair. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So no, it was really cool. I just remember being super young, um, going and playing and, and pitching in nationals. And, and I remember getting, uh, being fortunate enough to pitch and win a game. And, you know, that was a, that was a big deal to me. So, you know, it was be able to, to be able to help, you know, um, our community win a game at nationals seemed like, seemed like a big deal to mm-hmm. me anyways. So, yeah, for sure. um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It was in, uh, St. Thomas, I believe. Um, and it was, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely fond memories. And that was kind of my first taste of, uh, first taste of senior ball, uh, championships. Is that when you had your first beer up there? Probably. Uh, (laughs) yeah, probably never made it through the full one though. I probably just had half, probably gave the other half to Gumby. (laughs) I I remember one miserable part about that, 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 that experience, the nationals, I think you flew up, didn't you not? Uh, I'm pretty sure you did. I think your dad flew you up, but you drove home with us. It was the longest drive on earth. Yes, I do remember it. You're right. It was terrible. But anyway, yeah, it was good times. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The the following year, you went and played a bit down in uh, Venezuela. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so 2000 was kind of the, probably the turning point, I guess, when I look back at it for me. Like, it was certainly... um, maybe outside of Canada games here, it was a close second for the amount of ball that I had played, um, played a lot of games. Um, again, uh, Mark Smith, um, uh, hooked me up with a spot in Venezuela, um, had a contact there. Um, again, they were looking for a young pitcher, uh, Jeff Cameron, local pitcher here was down there. Yeah. Um, I did not know Jeff that well at the time, but, uh, you know, happy to say, um, I'm alive because him and him and his wife, uh, <laughs> when they were down there. So, um, yeah, so I went down to a place it's called Mar- Maracaibo. Um, it's two hours, just two hours from the Colombian border, but in the Western part of Venezuela, really um, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> you know what? It was a beautiful city, but not like a tourist, uh, you know, not a big needless to say a big tourist yeah. spot. Yeah. Like people aren't, kind of circling that spot to go um from here and that's nothing against the spot it's just kind of off the beaten path sure um so i went down there and uh yeah i think the city was you know 
3 million people and I'm a tall, you know, English speaking white country boy walking through the middle of these streets, um, looking completely out of place and completely lost with a smirk Um, on your face though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was having fun with it, oblivious. And that's, uh, you (laughs) know, part of the experience, but no, I was treated extremely well down there. Like I said, Jeff and Marcella Cameron were huge for me down there. Um, you know, uh, we were at the ball field every day. We played on the weekends. We only played on the weekends. So, um, you know, we practice all the time. Jeff and I would, uh, we would taxi to the, uh, to the field every day. Um, and we pitch every day. Um, obviously it was very hot. Um, and we play on the weekends and, you know, we had a great setup there. Um, the team treated us like gold and, you know, every, when we played every weekend, the closest road game was like six or seven hours. So, yeah. So when you're on a bus with 15 Spanish speaking guys that don't speak English and, uh, all great guys, but that can be a long trip when they're trying to get you to say everything funny in Spanish that they can think of. Um, so there's a little bit of staring out the window and a lot of laughing and, uh, but it was, uh, you know what it was, it was really good. And the ball was like, I didn't know what to expect when I went down there, but the ball was extremely good. And I think at that time, that's kind of when Venezuela was kind of breaking out a little bit on the the world scene, as far as fast pitch, like that's when they started to, they were starting to be a lot more competitive. So the games were super intense. Like I still remember, um, uh, you guys know me, I just kind of threw at max two pitches and um, tried to throw them as hard as I could. Fastball, um, fastball drop. Yeah, pr- <laughs> pretty much, exactly. Um, and just uh, just the intensity of the games was really good for me. Um, maybe a little scary at times when you have guys just, you know, they play with a lot of emotion down there and, you know, they're swinging as hard as they can and I'm throwing as hard as I can and they're staring back and they're yelling at me in Spanish <laughs> and I don't know what's going on, but it all seemed pretty funny at the time. But, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. And it was kind of like the first time I kind of started, that's when I started to, I was fortunate with Jeff because Jeff was, um, he was always in shape. Like he took fitness very seriously as you guys know. And, um, mm-hmm you know, he kind of got me a bit into that as well. So like we had a lot of downtime, so a little bit of a funny story, but it kind of shows a, some lack of brain cells that I had. But anyway, we get into, we were working out and that's when I first tried protein supplement. So I bought, um, some protein supplement, um, I started having it. And when I was leaving, um, I still had, I remember paying quite a bit of money for it down there, which was anything was a lot of money when you're 20 years old. Yeah. And I ended up saying, I got to take this home. Like I'm not like, Great you know idea. what I mean? I try to, let's take yeah, a powder. I gotta take this. Exactly. Plate. So, you know, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So being a guy that's never liked chocolate supplements, let's get vanilla. Um, so, um, you know, I didn't obviously, of course, the best way to transport that is in a Ziploc bag. So let's put them in Ziploc bags and let's put them in my suitcase and let's head off to the airport. So Jeff and Marcella, his wife, were, they drove me to the airport. Uh, Marcella, his wife, is from down there. So they drove me to the airport. I still remember. Um, they dropped me off. I take it up. I go through what is the craziest airport to this day I've been in. And I think I've been in a lot of them. Um 
the uh, and they check my bag. And it's one of those moments where they the guy's checking my bag and I'm standing there. I'm just excited to get home. He opens my bag and he sees three big bags, Ziploc bags <laughs> filled with white protein powder. <laughs> and it was at that moment where, you know, 20 year old country bumpkin Brian realizes he's a complete idiot. And this guy's staring at me, holding up the bag. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm never going to see my family. Again. This is great. Oh my God. So anyway, he just kind of shook his head and put them back. And, uh, you know, all was good. I made it home. <laughs> he let you take them? No, it was, yeah, no, it was fine. I think he knew what it was. We kind of fought through some broken English and Spanish. Um, <laughs> and that was it. But yeah, it was uh, wow. clearly uh, one of those moments where your hair kind of sinks and you realize, okay, I'm an idiot. But yeah. let's see how this goes. So they didn't make you yeah. mule anything back, like in your <laughs> anal cavity or anything? <laughs> Is that how you got away so, with it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I was so anxious to get home. I hadn't been, that was the longest I had been away from home. Yeah. And it was five, I think it was five weeks. And we, we ended up winning the, the national championship there. And I believe it was like a four to seven. And you played, like I said, you only played, um, you played two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and it was four to seven. So I knew if we swept them, I got to go home a week earlier because right. I could fly out immediately and i remember that last game we're up 3-0 and i was pitching and i'm thinking if you're ever going to have the game of your life today is the time to have the game of your life so um i didn't but we you know the team picked me up and we ended up winning the game and uh and i was uh very happy to to head home so it it was good though but that's not not indicative of how they treated me down there they treated me very well so um you know great experience for me needless to say awesome (laughs) That's a great story. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, at my expense. Great story, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> so the, yeah. That same year, you would uh, you'd have your first ISC Worlds with the Kegel Black Knights out of Fargo, North Dakota. How was that experience for you? Yeah, so that year, so to go to Venezuela, I was at Acadia, actually. So I was fortunate. Acadia let me write some of my, I was in business school, and they let me write some of my exams early to go to Venezuela. And when I came back, I was home for about a week and then I flew to Regina um, to live in Regina for the summer. Um, So I played in Regina all summer and John Kegel kind of spotted me out out there when I was playing and needed a pitcher to go to IFCs with his Fargo, uh, Fargo Kegel team. So um, I went down there. It was my first ISCs. It was in, um, St. Joseph's, Missouri. So I remember driving down with him and, uh, obviously that was an eye opener. I think that might've been, the that might've been Musi's first year with, with broken bow. So that was a familiar face around the park and, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, and there was a few other guys obviously that I had known, uh, you know, kind of through the, through the circuit, but, yeah. um, that was a big deal. And I mean, we played and we did, we did okay. I remember we, my first, uh, we beat Dolan and Murphy, which, um, was a pretty decent team at that time. And that was a big win. And, you know, we never made playoffs, but it was, it was nice to kind of, you know, to kind of dip your foot in the water and yeah. dip your toe in the water and go from, uh, go from there. So that kind of, uh, kind of was my first taste. And I kind of never, uh, never turned back after that. 
Yes. Right. We've we've had a lot of guests that have started with Kegel. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. That made, that uh, team is brought up quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And then yeah, the next year I ended up playing with them a bit more, but um but I spent most of the year in Regina. Yeah. Um, you know, living uh living there and was treated like like gold there with uh Sandy Irvin, who used to be an RCMP in Stuyak. So he was just a just a great man that kinda oh, right. yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, he kinda took took me in. I lived with two players on the team, Chad Kleisinger and Jason Rempel and um, again, played a lot of ball. Um, the, as you guys know, Saskatchewan, a bit of a hotbed province as oh, well. Sure. So there was lots of great, lots of great ball out there. Yeah. Um, and nationals that year were in Saskatoon. So, um, it was kind of cool to play for, um, you know, a team, uh, a team from Saskatchewan at that event. How'd you guys do? You know what? We weren't bad. I don't remember exactly. Um, the only thing I remember from that, I mean, personally I had, uh, I had a no hitter in that tournament, nice. um, which was against Calgary, which was a big deal. Cause again, for me, it was my second nationals. Uh, you know, I was 20 or 21, I guess at the time. And, um, you know, that was a big deal. And I remember my catcher, um, at that time, um, Jay Kurtz, he was only, he was a year younger than me. So it was kind of a cool deal that we had played together all year and to have a, uh, you know, a no hitter at a national event was, a it's a, it's a was big a big deal, deal. Yeah, again for sure. yeah it was a big deal for for me anyway so it Absolutely. was uh it was cool but the team uh it was a good experience so yeah it was a it was a great year but that 2000 year was a, a big year for me just because um i think we had the canadian development team that year if i'm not mistaken too and we kind of toured um bc for a couple weeks so uh it was a it was a busier ball for sure awesome <laughs> That following year, you played with uh, Fargo again at the ICs, but you also played at the U23 championship. How did that work out? So uh, Fargo, I think you probably talked to Elsie. I'm sure he would have mentioned this, but like and um, like Winnipeg and Fargo, I lived in Winnipeg the next year. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend and now wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time and wife now went out with me to Winnipeg. Um and I played ball there for Winnipeg and then traveled down to Fargo on weeknights to play, which is about three hours. And then we kind of combined forces for the IFC okay. um, and went down, went down to the IFC and they were in, I think, Eau Claire at that time in 2001. Right. So went down there to IFC. Um, again, I was fortunate to have a no hitter that year too at IFC. So it was pretty cool personally for me to kind of have a you know 21 and have a no hitter at isc the nationals i thought oh this is great that's I awesome can, uh, i can retire now this is perfect <laughs> um but uh but uh and then uh went with kegel to the isc 23 and under which was a real cool event it was in walcott iowa um with a bunch of guys actually uh framer that we would have played canada games against okay um so it was uh so that was really cool and that was kind of my one of my only tastes of sort of playing ball at that time I hadn't played ball with like guys sort of my own age. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, that was kind of a, you know, a refreshing change. Um, and, uh, and we were fortunate enough to win that. So it was, uh, it was really cool. So a lot of great teammates on that team. Nice. You, yeah. you mentioned Winnipeg there that was in 2001. Uh, we, Gumby sent me an article he come across in the, that he found at his house on you that Jody Dewars did. Uh, but when you signed with Winnipeg, um, and yeah. I noticed that he talked to Robin 
as well in that article. Was there any hesitation waiting to see if the Mastons were going to reform to attend nationals in Summerside that season? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, and that might even have been the year before I want to say, but, um, the, I remember, I think it was the year before, if I'm not mistaken, because I was going to Regina. Cause I remember it kind of came out when I was in Venezuela, that article actually. And oh, okay. I didn't know nationals were nationals were in Saskatoon. And I sort of mentioned the fundraising at that point. I didn't know if our local team was going, I knew I had an opportunity in Regina, mm-hmm. you know, I had, um, you know, Robin and, and Ryan, um, you know, and, and Gumby, everyone at home was so good to me, but I, you know, I knew I had an opportunity to go there and play a lot of ball. Um, I knew the competition was going to be good. The nationals were out there. So I wanted to take a chance. I knew I was young. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to, uh, I wasn't going to be moving away. I was never type of person that I'm a bit of a homebody. I didn't want to move away. You know, once I kind of got settled at, you know, 25 or later in life. So, uh, moved away and, uh, it was a big decision. Certainly was like, it wasn't something I took lightly. Um, but I knew it was probably what I kind of needed to grow up a bit. And clearly I needed to grow up a bit if I'm stuffing bags of protein in my suitcase before I leave Venezuela. (laughs) So, um, you know, I think, uh, those were, (laughs) those were, uh, some key, some key, uh, some key development yeah. years on and off the field for me, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, you you go on to play with the Keiths and from 2002 to 2005, um, which you know is a big team locally around here. Yeah. Growing up, any good memories with them? Yeah, lots. I mean, you know, they were the team kind of growing up that uh, you kind of, I guess, love to hate, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, growing up and uh you know it was another honor to, to play with those guys i mean getting that's where i kind of timmy mccumber who was always willing to help help me out when i was younger as well and you know he was so good at trying to help younger pitchers and younger players out um to be able to play with him was certainly a big thrill and a great guy to you know be able to pick his brain Mm-hmm. Um, on and off the field, so it was, uh, you know, that was a big thrill to be able to play there. Um, you know, a lot of great teammates. The, uh, you know, Steph LeBlanc, and I still see quite a bit. He's coached with Columbus, so I see him. I see him quite a bit actually. Now. Oh, is that right? So yeah, so oh, I see wow. him uh, at Moosehead games. So, cool. um, you know, just some great teammates. Ricky LeBlanc, Serge Bourgeois was a, a catcher. So, um, you know, just just quality people. So it was. Um, you know, a lot of fun to play with them and, uh, I enjoyed that. And that allowed me playing at home with the keys, allowed me to travel with the club team, um, to go to IFCs, which was nice. So I knew I could, you know, I had a chance to, to go with a quality team, the nationals, and then they, um, you know, a team to IFCs as well. Right on. So, uh, during that time, you'd also suit up with the Fedlock Falcons. How was your time with them? Um, Fedlock was awesome. Like I, uh, you know, Mike Groves ran the team back then. Um, you know, I, uh, I joined them in, you know, three. Um, and I remember, uh, going down and not knowing much. They were based out of, uh, kind of Arlington, Virginia, Washington, DC mm-hmm. area. So, uh, you know, but of course we played in tournaments all over the place. And it was kind of my, it was kind of the first time I was based out of Halifax, but travel every weekend to play ball, um, you know, throughout the U S and Canada. So 
that was my first experience doing that. And, uh, you know what, it was great. A lot of great teammates there. First IFCs in 03 was in Kimberly. Um, you know, I remember that I had a, personally had a really good tournament. We had a great, uh, we had a great tournament as a team. Um, it was back then it was like divisions. I think that I'm not sure if that was, I don't think it was the first year, but it was in division. I remember we were in a tough division with, um, who was it? St. Joe's, uh, Missouri with a, a oh, real yeah. good team. Yeah. And Doug yeah. Middleton at that time, there was an Australian team that came over that had a lot of great Aussies on it. They were a club team from Australia. Um, town line, um, was a team we were in. And then it was SoCal bombers were in that division as well. So right. it was a real tough division. We ended up, uh, we ended up going three and one. Um, you know, I ended up throwing quite a bit of innings that year for us. It was, it was good. I got to play with Jody Henniger, who, um, obviously is a, a legend from these parts. So that was a big thrill for me to be yeah. able to, you know, share the, share the mound with him. And again, um, another guy that I was able to kind of pick his brain, um, you know, cause he had seen everything at that point. And that was kind of in his, uh, kind of in his final, final years. So, um, I thought like we were kind of a, a great compliment to each other that way. And, uh, we had another young pitcher too, Jeremy DeBelleville, DeBelleville who, uh, I was good buddies with. So, you know what? It was really cool. It was a cool experience and it was a bit of a, you know, what I remember from that ISC, that it was certainly a bit of a downer, but I'll never forget it. Um, and you guys would know, I actually, before we played the Aussies, um, I got a call from my dad and that's when Jeff Smith passed away oh, um, from our area. Yeah. So I remember that right before I was going to get the mat, take the mound and it was a big game. And to be honest, like anyone, um, you're younger and he was, he was obviously very close with our family, very, mm-hmm. very close with my brother. Um, you know, they were playing in the Quebec league, uh, against each other and, mm-hmm. and that was tough to hear. And then having to go out and, uh, and pitch that game, I was a bit distraught, but, yeah. um, but yeah, but that's, uh, that's kind of something I remember. It ended up being a, nonetheless, it ended up being a good tournament for us, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of one of the memories I take from that event. Jeez. I want to talk yeah. about, uh, your time with Midland, but, uh, before, before we get to that, I got to, I was telling Gumby a story about, uh, 2008 when I was, uh, yeah. when I would play, when I joined Utah and I was playing with them yeah. for the first time. And, uh, I flew into LAX and the, uh, the guy who run the team, Brandon Bingham and two other, two other teammates showed up to pick me up and, uh, we're on our way to Santa Barbara. So we're driving along and, uh, the guy beside me in the back seat says, uh, do you know Brian Urquhart? I'm like, do I? I was like, how do you know Brian Urquhart? I'm like, you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, we we played we played in the tournament or something together. It was uh, Mark Benjamin and Tommy Gray that that played with me in Utah. And I was like, holy shit! How a small world, man. Yeah, I played uh, I played with them for a few tournaments. What I remember uh, about that is my wife went with me one trip. We left Friday morning here in Halifax, like early morning, flew to Portland, Oregon. Um, needless to say, a few, uh, a few planes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on the mound seven o'clock that night in Portland and playing dodgeball, um, <laughs> with balls flying back and forth at me. And I'm sure my wife was thinking, why did I fly across the continent? 
to watch you get absolutely peppered all over the place. So uh, that's kind of what I remember. But no, Tommy was a great guy. I stayed at Tommy's house for one of the tournaments. Um, as you guys know, I mean, it's a big reason I'm sure you do this podcast. There's a lot of good people in, uh, oh, in yeah. fast pitch and then Tommy's certainly one of them. Yeah. And Benji, Benji was like, <laughs> Oh my God, yeah. he was awesome. Character himself. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, on to, on to Midland, uh, tell us about uh, that team and, and their organization, like, cause they're, you know, they're pretty well known. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of, when I was with Fedlock. Um, obviously a great bunch of guys. I was with them for a couple of years. And then I, uh, I kind of jumped to Heflin for two years. Um, uh, yeah. Fedlock, uh, Mike Groves had folded up, uh, folded up the team. Um, and I jumped to, uh, jumped to Heflin, which was somewhat of a similar team with Fedlock, but we were a bit more, uh, a bit more cowboys. We were taking limos to games and we were all <laughs> over the place. Like I get the, the uh, owner had a limo company. So I still remember thinking like <laughs> driving to some of these games and limos thinking, you know, where am I at? But it was so awesome. Cause like great group of guys with Steve Shucker and Tom McAvoy, legendary coach. Uh, he was, uh, he was the coach there. So that was really good for my development. And they were actually folding up shop there too. And I was getting to the point where I had been traveling quite a bit. I was away every weekend. Um, you know, I was, uh, my job was getting busier with the Mooseheads. I had started there in 03. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was married at that point. Um, I better remember that date. I was married at that point <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I really wanted like the family atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Midland, I spent a couple years in Jervis, um, before that. And then I went to, who was a very, very family-based team as well. Great bunch of guys. Then I went to Midland with, uh, with Clint Bean, the late Clint Bean, um, and Kyle, um, Kyle Bean, his son, Steve Horning. Like I'd always watched that team. I had always admired them because I always even said to those guys, like, it was like, it was kind of like the teams that, that we were used to around here, like the Brookfield and the East Pants, where it was the same guys that kind of grew up and played together and they were all tight. Yeah. but they were doing it at the ISC level and just, just based purely on location in a lot of ways, right. They were in the middle of like a hotbed close to Ontario, close to the tournaments in the U S. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what, if I'm going to spend time away from my family every summer on the weekends, uh, I want to do it with, um, you know, uh, a family type of atmosphere. And that is no disrespect, certainly to Fedlock, Heflin or Jarvis, who was Jarvis was very much that way as well. They were like, midland of the north in a lot of ways so um you know it's just you kind of figure out your priorities a little bit more and um you know i just wanted a a great group of guys that um you know i could play with and i got the ball with um and they provided all that and more you know uh you know quite the, the bean family is a tremendous family like that that group like uh you know clint passed away a little while ago, but right. like they were, they were so good to me that that entire organization, the way they treated me and, and, and took me in, like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, very grateful to, to them and Jarvis. I didn't want to, I don't want to skip over Jarvis because right. Jarvis right. is a bunch of crunch, a bunch of guys that I grew up playing against that framer, you would have played against too, right. Mm-hmm. At these national events and, 
and uh, you know some of them are Canada Games team and whatnot. So yeah. like uh, you know every team certainly holds a special place in my heart. And those two teams in particular were were family based and family focused, and I really enjoyed that part of it. Awesome. Now, yeah. locally, your last two seasons, you joined the Brookfield Elks. Uh, how much did you enjoy playing with the guys you grew up with? You know, for those last two seasons. You know what? It was it was it was what I needed. Like, um, you know, it was really cool to, to, um, you know, to be able to play in Brookfield. I mean, it, <laughs> I said the Keats were kind of that team that you, you love yeah. to hate, but yeah. Brookfield had a little bit of that too. I mean, Gumby, uh, oh, I God, think yeah. Gumby, you can probably, <laughs> Gumby yeah. can, uh, I hated them. you know, attest to that. Yeah. Cause you played, you know, you played East Ant and there was a big rivalry with, uh, with Brookfield, of course. So, um, just to be on, able to be, uh, you know, be on the other side, um, was a neat experience. Um, you know, I wish I kind of had a Jersey that matched the rest of my team. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really understand why I was giving everybody else had a flat red Jersey and I had a satin red Jersey, but, yeah. um, <laughs> I was definitely the prettiest ball player there was yeah. in Brookfield. I thought so that's that why, was, that's uh, why you had that Jersey because you were the prettiest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but no, it was good. What a great bunch of guys, as you guys yeah. know. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, to tell you guys like a great mm-hmm. bunch of guys that kind of live and breathe ball, the Van Tappel brothers, everyone down there that worked so hard to keep the game going mm-hmm. um you know to this day um certainly still one of my favorite favorite fields to throw at like it's tough to uh tough to beat that place again yeah. i was there grew up watching it from you know a young age like going to tournaments there and, and watching uh you know mark smith throw and gerald fitzgerald and all these guys dale ryan like just mm-hmm. be able to be behind the backstop and watch all that yeah. and then get to play there myself again was was a, a big thrill but nice. it was uh yeah it was awesome to play there yeah, yeah. and we, we had a pretty good we had a good run in 09 there in st thomas yeah. The uh, that 5-4 win in 10 innings against newfoundland that you threw you and daryl tilly like threw the lights out uh, is that is that where your forearm injury occurred in that game? I had the gremlin. No, the gremlin. I, mean, I was uh, <laughs> the gremlin. Yeah, no, I uh, I heard it the year. Can't remember. I was thinking this the other day. Like it happened in Brookfield, where I actually so I ripped like my forearm muscle off the bone. It's like connected to the bone in your arm. Right. And ever since then, it was right around. I think it was the year after Canada Games. Okay. Um, and it never was the same really after that, to be honest, like it was always great, like, uh, better obviously in hot weather and whatnot, Yeah. but, um, it just kept progressively getting worse. The more I kind of like kind of went on, like I, I figured out some ways to treat it and whatnot. Um, but that was by no means no excuse. Like aside from that game, I mean, I was, uh, I was awful in that tournament and, uh, you know, like I said, I played a lot of, uh, played a lot of dodgeball that week too, after that five, four game, I think it kind of, that first game kind of just, it was almost like the tank was empty after one game, which yeah. was uh, a little bit, a little bit frustrating, but yeah. luckily, uh, you were able to twirl the game in your life. And Mike Grant knew how to catch a fly ball. So we <laughs> were, uh, if he didn't know, he got a lot of practice that game. So it was, uh, sure did. yeah, so that's kind of what I remember, but it was a lot of fun. He like, had some tight pants on too. Tried- <laughs> Yeah, he, didn't he have his mom's pants on? Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Hey, twenty-seven. Oh, man. Yeah, man, he yeah. got chirped so hard. In the Your mom thing. called. Oh, <laughs> she wants her pants yeah. back. Oh shit! Oh my! Oh, but, yeah, great bunch of guys. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, like, 
you know, you guys know me. I tried mm-hmm. to, even when, when things weren't going well for me, which seemed to happen uh, a lot, I, uh, I still tried to have fun and at least provide the odd laugh. Yeah. That was actually, that was the first time I ever seen you get really mad. Remember That's that right, double life yeah. game when Brooks got pinned twice? Yeah. And then you like, oh, you yeah. started coming out of the dugout. I was like, holy shit. If Erky's getting mad, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was probably, uh, yeah, I'm sure I would have done a lot of damage. Yeah, I'm one of those <laughs> one of those guys. Yeah, wait till four people get in front of me and tell you it's all to hold me back. You're yeah. probably dipping yeah. into that powder in your suitcase. You get all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So, so did did you know 2010 was going to be your last season? Yeah, I had a pretty good idea. I yeah. mean, it. You know, like I was, I kind of got a little bit as you guys know, and I mean, I credit to you guys. You're still going. Um, you know, I was 30, my work was getting really busy. Yeah. I had, uh, you know, I had, uh, I was trying before I was traveling all the weekends. It just was starting to wear on to me. Um, to be honest, my arm, um, you know, to this day, you know, I got groceries today trying to take, carry a couple bags of groceries is a pain. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it just kind of wearing on me. So I kind of had 2010 circled. Right. Um, and it was kind of the way I wanted to go out. I was with, you know, I was with you guys. It was a good bunch of guys. Um, you know, uh, like I said, there was a lot of other, um, things that were kind of becoming priority in life. And I was never, I was never a good enough player to not be fully invested. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, there's no doubt the years that I was my best is when I was kind of all about ball. Right. And, um, the more I got away from that, and that's why I think I struggled a little bit at nationals too. That's a really busy time for us at work. It was always late August, you yeah. know, we're into training camp and there was a lot of stress that way being away. Um, you know, and I had a young daughter at home at, at that time and I wanted to certainly be there. You know, it was tough coming home Sunday nights and hearing, you know, everything that I missed. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, so, uh, you know, Priorities. it was the right time. Yeah. 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 I mean, looking back, I mean, it would have been nice to have, you know, I have an eight year old son now. It would have been nice to have him at the part. Like they have no idea of anything yeah, exactly. I did, uh, yeah. did with the ball. They just, they think I played lob ball and I threw it way up in the air and, <laughs> you know, had a drop on the plate. So they don't understand, but, um, well, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, speaking of yeah. speaking of your job with the Halifax Mooseheads, um, yeah. how does one go from sales and marketing to become the president of what I'd say is the best major junior franchise in the CHL? <laughs> um, you know what? I've just been fortunate. We have a great owner. Um, Bobby Smith has been, you know, he bought the team in 03. Um, he hired myself and, and Travis Kennedy, another, another gentleman that's still there right now. Um, right. Did Travis? You know, did Travis play in the Maritime Junior League with Rusty Goosh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I would have played. Uh, and his brother, he has a brother, Todd, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played. He played with, with me. And, he played yeah. with me in the, with the Bearcats. Yeah, that's right too. Yeah. So, so yeah, me and Travis started in '03, and I just I started off in group sales. There was no one in group sales. Um, uh, you know, I was hired by by Bobby, of course, in the interview and Kevin Cameron at that time was there and, um, and Derek Pike as well. So, uh, they were there and I just kind of, you know what, I just kind of stuck with the organization and really enjoy my job still to do this day and just kind of, uh, kind of fortunate to be kind of promoted within by, by Bob. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's been a, been a real treat seeing the ups and downs. And obviously we've seen some, 
fortunate to see some great players come through the organization yeah, and, uh, you know, it's been uh, junior <laughs> hockey fun. Still have a passion for it. Um, you know, and when I don't, that's, uh, I guess that's when I'll leave a little bit like, uh, a little bit like my ball career. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, where I'm at, uh, where I'm at now. That's nice. Tell us about the, the Memorial Cup year. How amazing was that? You know what? It was, we talk about it a bit in our office. Like that team obviously was phenomenal. Mm. Um, it was, it was almost more stressful though, because you were winning, all the games you played and there was such a high expectation of, especially in our league. Right. I know when we won, um, when we won the league title, like that was a big, like exhale. Um, you know, the, the franchise had never won before. So to be able to win that, um, and Bacomo had a good team that year. Bacomo had a very good team and they were rough. Um, they, so, you know, like we had, uh, you know, you had Nathan and, um, Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Drew, and we had a lot of good players on that team and they were singling in obviously on those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, uh, luckily those guys were, were pretty tough players themselves. Um, very competitive players. And we had a lot of quality, uh, a quality support staff on that team with them as well. A lot of players that, that really don't get enough credit even to this day that, you know, the Darcy Ashley's and mm-hmm. Brent Andrews of the world that, aren't exactly, you know, household NHL names, but they were just as important to our team. Stephen McCauley, another one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so it was pretty stressful, to be honest. Um, and then when we went to the Memorial Cup, I mean, it's interesting, I'm on the business side of things, but we kind of, you didn't know what to expect. And you kind of, from a business side of things, I remember saying like, you know what, we're kind of in bonus territory here yeah. right now. Now yeah. that is not out of the hockey. That's not, I'm not speaking for the hockey side right. by any stretch, but yeah. then you get into it and you start playing and, um, you know, we beat Portland the first game. Um, and Portland had a very, uh, high quality team. Seth Jones was on that team. Mm-hmm. Ty Ratty had, I think 50 plus goals in the WHL mm-hmm. that year. Um, they had a lot of good players and we were able to beat them. Um, then lost the second game to Saskatoon. I remember that one. And then, uh, then we played London and, you know, I've told a few of our fans this before, but we ended up beating London nine two, And that was by far the best game I had ever seen us play. And I'm sure it will. 100%. Regardless of, uh, yep. Yeah. Regardless of how long I stay with the Mooseheads, that yeah, was, uh, fire. you know, they, they put on a big show and then London was a very good team. Yeah. I mean, that's, they had the Max Domi, Bo Horvat. Mm-hmm. I think they had 10 or 11 guys that have gone on to play NHL games yeah. on that team. Um, so that was really cool. And then met up with Portland in the final again. And that, that was a classic. It was, uh, you know, Nathan, obviously, uh, I don't want to say it was his coming out party by any stretch. Um, but you could probably say it was his coming out party on the national stage, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's it's solidified his number one overall status over Seth Jones, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was uh, he was always a big game guy. And, and again, he, uh, he'd be the first to say that he had a great team behind him and, and a great support staff. And mm-hmm. he kind of... Uh, he kind of just took off and, you know, we kind of hopped on his back a bit and other guys did their thing and did their role. And, you know, the coach Ducharme did a, Don Ducharme did a tremendous job kind of managing that team. Um, yeah. And it was a big thrill to win. And, uh, but it's funny, like the year before and the year after 
less pressure, um, but in a way more enjoyable because we had teams that weren't, ex- you know, especially yeah. the year before Nathan's first year, you know, being down uh, 03 against the Quebec Ramparts and coming back against Patrick Law's Quebec Ramparts. Um, like that was a big deal. Um, and a lot of fun to see those 16 year olds at the time, Nathan and, and Drew and kind of, again, leading the charge at, you know, against a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds. So it was, uh, you know, a lot of fun memories from that year. Needless to say. Hmm. I got a cool story about Nathan, actually, Brian, that you may appreciate. Um, so my son, Jacob, who, you know, um, he's yep. Nathan's age. They, they grew up playing hockey against each other. So we're in a novice tournament in Middleton and yeah. It was runtime and Nathan was incredible. Like they're only little kids. But anyway, I sent uh, my neighbor, Shane Gillis. Uh, he lives on Frederick Allen and another Lance native. I sent him out to slash, uh, slash Nathan. Uh, <laughs> oh, good yeah, yeah. We're in the championship game. Like the I said, get out and slash him because Nathan would lose his temper a little bit. Anyway, Nathan took a three minute penalty to end the game. We ended up beating them because he was in the penalty box for the last three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that doesn't that's, sound like you at that's all. That's some good coaching um, right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, it's, uh, no, listen, he's, oh, he's amazing. I mean, I'm impressed by him like everybody else. Yeah. I don't want to say, uh, I would not say I'm surprised. I mean, yeah. he's a competitive, he's a very competitive uh, guy, and I think that's what uh, drives him. I was certainly bummed for him this year when they, it looks like they kind of, you know, they ran into a good game or a good team with Dallas yeah, and, right. uh, you know, their goalies got hurt, but I mean, Nathan, uh, Nathan's going to get his chance for oh, sure. Yeah. And he's oh, going to, yeah. if I know Nathan, uh, he's going to keep at it. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly wish him all the best and we're cheering for, sure. for him every year. Right How many blue nosers yeah. on that team now? Five in, in Colorado. That's crazy. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah, no, we were fortunate. To, uh, we were pretty thrilled with Dustin Barron going there yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. that was, uh, you know, thrilled for his family and, Justin's a great kid. Yeah. Um, certainly one of my favorites over my time there. Um, and to see him go to a, you know, a great organization like Colorado. And I, I think, uh, Nathan, uh, he skated with Nathan a bit in the summer. So they're real familiar with each other. And, um, I know Nathan was a big fan as well. So, uh, pretty, uh, pretty happy with Very how sick. that all turned out for sure. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Before we get going, I got to do the, uh, player association that we do on every podcast or I'll, I'll name a name off and you can, uh, say as much as you like, or as little as you like. So we're going to start with, uh, Kenny powers. With, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start with, uh, Jeff Frazier. Jeff Frazier. Uh, Good buddy, the whole way up. I mean, Jeff's uh, one year older than me, so I mean, I got to play hockey and ball with him every second year. Um, you know, great, great family. Jimmy was my coach, as I mentioned earlier. His dad. Um, you know, just a lot of fun to be around. We grew up um, playing. Uh, you know, ball like you guys would have grew up playing, both officially on the field and then you know, sort of in the sandlot, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. And, so thrilled to see, um, you know, his, his wife, Jennifer, a great girl and known her obviously for years as well. Um, you know, and so, um, so happy to see the success. I don't know Brody, his son, um, haven't had the pleasure, uh, of getting to know him, but seems like a, a great young man to no one's surprise. And he's been a great, uh, you know, great kind of following his, his career as it, as it blossoms from afar. So no, I'm, uh, yeah. Got a lot of time, needless to say, for Jeff. Nice. Awesome. Uh, next one is Brooks Van Tassel. <laughs> <Brooksy>. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, 
ultimate competitor. I yep. mean, it, you know what? It's tough to not think of Brooks without thinking of Chipper, to be honest. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think if a lot of your listeners would probably say the same, I would know them from the national circuit, but you know, the Van Tappel mm-hmm. brothers. So, um, kind of link them two together and Brooks is the ultimate competitor. Um, you know, bleeds Brookfield red through and through, um, you know, certainly, uh, high on my list of favorite teammates over the years great being able to throw with him and you know he's my age so again grew up with him the whole way it was great to be able to attend nationals with him as well kind of kind of it's fun when the the career kind of comes full circle with a guy like that um so yeah i have a a lot of time for uh, a lot of time for brooks right on uh next on the list is robin eisner (laughs) robin yeah like i said robin Again, it's tough not to, uh, I hate to, I know you're asking me one name, but it's tough not to link Ryan and Robin together. Right. Um, yeah. Gumby, as you would know, like they're yeah. kind of a, seem like in a way they're a, they're a package deal and they were, uh, it was so great to be able to, to, uh, you know, work with Robin and Ryan, big influences in my career. Ryan, um, you know, always worked with me being a pitcher himself, took time out of his, you know, out of his day work with me and Robin would be catching, he'd be offering his, uh, advice as well. And, yeah. you know, there's, you know, I learned a lot. I felt like I was so far ahead of most young kids when I played at like the ISC or national level because of guys like that. Yeah. Um, you know, they taught me some of the ins and outs, you know, mechanic wise, like I, I felt like I had, um, a little bit of a, of a head start on everyone. And, and, uh, Robin and Ryan were a big part of that. It's funny too. They're still doing it today. Yeah. <laughs> no, which no, is so, awesome. Yeah, it is very cool. admirable for them to be able to, uh, as you guys know, and you guys do a great job of it too, just with this podcast and stuff to be able to, you know, keep the game going. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, uh, the hats off, hats off to, to Robin and Ryan for sure. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is, uh, Grant Patterson. Oh, big Grant. Uh, play with Grant Midland. Um, great guy. Uh, you're not going to find anyone that has anything bad to say about Grant. No. That's for sure. Um, it was a pleasure to probably the only pitcher I played with that's taller than me. Um, I'm trying to think <laughs> now that I, now that you say his name, um, but through heard, um, still remember staying at his house. He lives in, um, he lives in Toronto and I still remember he had young daughters and I still remember, uh, playing, uh, princesses and teacups in the basement with his kids um and uh, but he was just a nice uh nice guy and a nice family and you know another reason i went to midland and a great teammate and uh he was a perfect fit for there and i'm confident he would say the same thing about midland like he was a he was a part of that uh part of that environment yeah that's great very nice uh last one on the list is kyle bean kyle bean uh again much like grant um a lot uh you know when i think of midland uh kyle uh kyle would be the first name i think of yeah and if it isn't him it's his late dad flint um just salt of the earth guy great guy great for the game again everyone likes kyle um you know just a just a great teammate um always willing to help not just your team, but everybody's team, whatever it had to be done um, to get ball going, whether it be a tournament or anything like it seemed like Kyle had the answer and knew the answer. Um, and he was, uh, you know, that my final ISC was in Midland and all those guys worked so hard on it. 
Um, you know, it didn't really pan out the way any of us wanted, but I was so honored to be a part of it with them. Um, you know, and, and certainly I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, when I wasn't pitching, kind of sitting beside his dad and kind of being a sponge um, to his dad, Clint, who was a great ball mind, and, and Kyle as well. And I learned a lot from those guys. Um, and, you know, I, I still remember uh, Kyle's mom used to uh, used to bake me cookies when I'd uh, show up on the weekend. So, like, I mean, that's, <laughs> that kind of, kind of says it all. It provided a little bit of a, a home away from home for me when, uh, you know, I was yeah. uh, was on the road, so yeah, so he's an awesome guy. Awesome. Well, Ricky, got to thank you for coming on, man. It's been a long time since we we actually got to talk, so so this has been great. Uh, yeah, you know, for sure. Hope uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck with the Mooseheads this year, and uh, you know, hopefully, get back to the promised land. Yeah, no, for sure. I appreciate it. I mean, hats off to you guys. I followed uh, along uh, where I can. I listened to Musies. You had Musy on there a few weeks ago, yeah. and I was able to listen to that podcast. Ger- Gerald again, um, you know, when I think of some of those names, Gerald was another guy that was a big influence for me. I kind of mm-hmm. sounds sounds a little crazy, but I always thought of myself as a poor man, Gerald Musler. I was Gerald be- uh, before he had a change up, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, a big tall country guy that yeah. was traveling the world. And I mean, obviously, I can't hold a candle to anything Gerald did, but Gerald. Uh, you know, certainly a close friend. Um, and I was happy to, you know, happy to hear his voice because, uh, again, I haven't uh, stayed in touch with as, as many guys as I certainly like would like to, but like a podcast, like you guys are running right now, it gives everybody that opportunity. So hats off to you guys. And I wish you, wish you all the best. Hey, thanks, Ricky. Good talking to you and, uh, good luck to the moose and good luck to your family and, uh, hope to see you sometime soon. Maybe not on the golf course again. All right, brother. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks guys. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, man. That was awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Ricky, uh, you know, one thing I didn't want to mention it, but I wish that he could have stayed with the game yeah. after turning 30 because that guy threw fucking hard. Man. I know. BBs. Yeah. But he couldn't throw a goddamn change, change up. up. <laughs> I saw him throw one and I think it went eight feet above the catcher's head. So. But he's a beauty. He's got a great job. He's oh. got a great family. Yeah. I, I still see his dad almost every day. He just lives to, like the street behind me. I think I passed Scotty on the highway almost yeah. every single day. Yeah. Like on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> he's a yeah. great guy. And he, yeah. he didn't give himself enough credit either. He says, you know, yeah. he can't hold a candle to any of these guys. The guy's had a pretty good career. Oh, absolutely. You know, 10 nationals, 10 ICs. Yeah. He was all world. All world which, in 2009. Yeah. Which we, we failed to bring up by yeah. the way for him. You failed there. Come on, man. Um, but uh, great guy again, and he was a hell of a pitcher and yeah. a great teammate. Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the best teammates ever. Like, For sure. Like I, I was telling you before we went on, I mean, that 09 Nats, I, like, you guys roomed together with Isaac, yeah. and I would go in your guys' room yeah. just to- You're just, like a little kid. Yeah, just to laugh, yeah. <laughs> like, just to listen to you yeah. guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Great gr- great to be able to talk to Ricky again. For sure. For yeah. sure. Anyway, uh, well, I think we're- uh, we're at that time. Okay, buddy. All right, buddy. Have a good week. Uh, you as well. Take All care. of our listeners, take care. Thanks. Oh, click and subscribe. Yeah, and click and we'll subscribe and, and click, click, click. Yeah. All right. All right. See you guys. Bye. I love you so. I never took it serious. The 
what we had got fucked up We grew apart but in my heart I still love ya Back at the start I thought it last so long Went by so fast now it feels like the passion is gone Everything I loved about you just got pissed away And it really gets to be because I miss some days You was modest, on it's pretty much you're gone It's the farthest thing from bitchy or heartless And never thought less of this jobless poor head Even though I couldn't get your cards and chocolates You put up with my nonsense day after day You were one of them types you don't let get away Shit we used to get looped together I remember one time you were so sick we almost puked together Your mood was better then But who would've knew what we had we would soon lose forever Damn I still love you You were like my sunshine We were too young for love but I knew you'd be mine Had to let you go and get on with my line Now I got you back and you're leaving this time And I know I can always rely When I know you'll be keeping me high So I won't let you go not again Cause I know I'm not my lesson I know I can't take it serious You gotta know what I'm feeling this I know Said I wouldn't do it, but I did it And now it got me wishing that my position was switching Never no hugs, no tongue, never kissing But keep fucking with us since the first day I hit it The minute that you talked, I would listen You made the way that I walk a little different I like your vibe, like the way that you feel Your head style from the start, now you're paying my bills I gotta love it Yeah, I'm a little obsessed And I'll confess, without you, I feel a little depressed The wife's headed, sick of me giving you my attention Really, I see a point, but it was never my intention I'm always talking and bragging you up like yo check this is she amazing or what and the fatter that you get the better i can't complain the mistress in my life music before the fame i love it knows that you're always on time and the minute she's gone you're chilling just fine